But wasn't it an amazing morning this morning? Absolutely wonderful just to see just the story again of what Jesus has done for every single one of us. Do you know I find it interesting that the most sold book in the whole world is still the Bible. Year in, year out, authors write their books. Authors come out with their new stories and their new tales. But year in, year out, no book by no author can even come near to the sales of the Bible, God's Word. Why is that, I wonder? Why is it year on year, generation after generation, that the Bible is still necessary in people's lives? Why is it that it's still in such great demand? I'll tell you why. Because it offers words of love, words of direction for every single one of us. It's, you see, the Bible is not just a historic book. We've seen history this morning as the children played their play. We've seen history. The Bible catalogs history incredibly. It really does. Brilliantly, it carries history within its pages. Do you know there is more historical evidence for the existence of Jesus Christ than there is for Julius Caesar? Did you know that? You see, the Bible historically is absolutely brilliant, but it's not just a book of history. It's not like the Encyclopedia Britannica. No, it's far beyond that. Even though it does within its pages carry history so well, it's far, far more than a history book. God says about His Word that it's living. Imagine that. It's a living book. It's different to a book that you'll pick up from W.H. Smith's or the library or a magazine that you'll read. Within its pages are living words, words to you and I that want to bring peace, comfort, direction, and hope in our lives. The Bible's the most sold book in the world. It's not only the most sold book, it's the most stolen book. The most stolen book. Why? Because people are hungry. People are desperate. People need hope. That's why in a lot of the hotel rooms, Gideons plant their Bibles all across the world. Over a million Bibles every week go out through the Gideon Society. And people go into their various places, into their lonely hotel room, and they take that Gideon Bible, that New Testament, and they steal it. They put it in their suitcase and they take it on their journey. Why? Because it gives hope. It brings direction and it alleviates fear. It brings peace. It offers comfort. You know, I've turned to the Bible many times in my life to find direction. I don't know about you. Have you gone through difficult times? We all have. Many times in my life, I have turned to the Bible and looked at its pages in the hope, in the hope, thank you, He is the bread of life. Jesus, you're a good man. Have a sip of there in the front. I'll be there now in a minute, and we'll have a cup of tea together and some toast now. Maybe a pot noodle. You're a good man, Jason. You know I love you. You know I love you. But you know what? Do you know what? 
Jesus to every one of us, no matter where we are in life, whether we're on the whether we're on the crest of a wave, being successful, or whether we're in a hellish valley. Do you know what? Jesus, Jesus is there for us. I want to read to you just one verse from the Bible that's relevant today to each one of us. This is not now a historical text as we've seen this morning, history displayed. This is a real-life relevant text for where you are today. Jesus says this. Now, this is Jesus speaking. He says, behold, behold. What does that word mean? It means really think about this. Really understand this. Let your mind be still and know and reflect on this. Behold, I, Jesus, stand at the door and knock. He's talking about the door of your life. He's talking about the door of your heart. He's talking about that way into your heart where he wants to go to give you peace and to offer help. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, you see, he's alive like the children spoke about. He is alive, and it is possible to hear his voice. It is possible today amidst all of the other voices, amidst all of the programs on TV, amidst the bombardment of Facebook, Instagram, and a, and a myriad of other things on a world wide web. It is possible still to hear his voice speaking to you and me. And his voice is not an angry voice. His voice is not a condemning voice. His voice, as Daniel said so wonderfully, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Even while soldiers played games at the cross with their dice, and as they bartered over his clothes, as he hung on the cross naked, he said, Oh, Father, forgive them. If we'd have been hanging on that cross, knowing that Ultimately, we would reign in power. Would we have been saying, Father, forgive them? No, we would have been saying, I'm going to get you when I rise from the dead. I'm going to come after you, but not Jesus. Not Jesus. Jesus hangs on the cross like no other could do, and he says, Father, forgive them. Oh, there's wonderful forgiveness in Jesus Christ. There's wonderful peace and assurance how do I know that you're valuable? How do I know that you are precious to Jesus Christ? I can tell you the value that God places on your life is beyond estimation. Why? Because it's all hidden in this text. Behold, Jesus says, I stand at your door. I stand at your life. You get an audience with Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can't see him with your eyes. But with the opening of your heart, with a frail, weak prayer that you don't think he will answer, he'll come rushing to your aid and you'll find him waiting and wanting to come in. There was a man called Holman Hunt. He was a great painter a British painter, and in 1851, he painted this verse on a canvas. 
And you may have seen the painting. It's, it's a very, very famous painting. And it's of Jesus with a lantern in his hand, standing at a door. And there's all weeds around the door. The door hasn't been opened for a very long time. But there's a, the, Jesus is raising his hand to the door to knock on the door. But the amazing thing about this picture is there's no handle on the outside for Jesus to open the door. Respectfully, Jesus in the painting is knocking the door. The handle is only on the inside. And it's like that today in our lives. Maybe the door of our heart is shut because we just don't know who Jesus is. Maybe the door of our heart today is shut because we're afraid to let him in. Maybe the door of our heart today has had all kinds of weeds and, and, and things growing around it like fear and depression and loneliness and rejection. And we just don't feel that we can open that door. But I tell you, please, listen again. Hear the knock amongst all of the many distractions, amongst all of the other intruding voices. For a moment today, silence and quiet in those voices. Take this moment Hear the knock. Open the door. The handle is just a decision for you to say, do you know what? Yes, Jesus. I don't understand a lot about this stuff, but I do know that I need peace in my heart, and you're the Prince of Peace, and if you would like to come into my heart, then I'm going to invite you in. The door of the handle, the handle of the door that's on the inside of your heart is a decision to call on Him. And right now, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to pray with you personally to ask Jesus into your heart. I guarantee you, you're going to find the peace that you've been longing for. I guarantee you. Not because it's dependent on my words. It's completely dependent on the promise that Jesus Christ has made to you. To you. He says, I will come in to you and make a home in you. I will sit with you. I will eat with you. All of these are symbolic things about just having fellowship with you. And, and being alive in our lonely hearts. Wonderful. Right now, I want to help you with a simple prayer. A simple prayer to turn that handle of the door of your heart and open it wide for Jesus. Let him come in. He's not going to come in as a critic. Have you ever had somebody in your home and they're looking down their nose at your furniture? And you feel on show. Have you ever had somebody in your home and they're a bit critical because you haven't cleaned the mess up in the, in the living room? Have you ever had somebody in your home and they've been a bit picky about the food that you've served on your table? And you've thought, oh, do you know what? I just wanted them to come into my home. I just wanted to welcome them and embrace them and just have a nice time. 
and, and those people have been critical and condescending in their attitudes. Let me tell you something now. Jesus will come into your heart. He will not look around the rooms of your life thinking, do you know what? You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done this. How dare you invite me into such a dirty, stinking life? No, my life was dirty and stinking. Jesus came in. Oh, man, and the fellowship and the peace and the forgiveness was incredible. He doesn't come in as a critic, friends. He comes in as Savior. He comes in as Lord. He comes in as your friend, as your lover, as your forgiver, as your healer, as your deliverer. It's the greatest offer you will ever get. Behold, I stand at the door, your door, and I knock. And if you open the door, if you open he won't kick it in like some burglar, like some predator. He respectfully knocks at the door of your heart and says, if you're willing, if you'll hear me, I'll come on in. Invite him in today, friends. Invite him in. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how, how he loves you and me, my friends. Let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray this very simple prayer with you. Jesus is in this building right now, right now to come into your heart. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I hear you knocking at the door of my life. I want to open my door right now. I make that choice to open my door. Please come into my life today. Please live in my life. Thank you. Thank you for not being offended by the things that you find. Thank you for washing me, making me whole, giving me peace and forgiving me. I believe you died. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I believe today that you are my Lord. I make you my Lord. Amen. Now, while eyes are closed in this moment, while heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, would you quickly slip your hand up? I'll see it. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. That's it. Place your hand up. We'll give you a Bible. We're going to give you a few moments. That's it, Jason. Don't be afraid. That's it. This hand's going up. It's a decision. You're saying, Jesus, I'm opening my heart to you. Hand at the back there. Jesus, I'm opening my life to you to ask you to come in. Whether you're young or whether you're old, it's irrelevant to Jesus. He just loves human beings. He just loves life because he's the Savior. He really is. Amen. Our stewards, our welcome team will just give you a little Bible. If you prayed that prayer today and you just didn't feel that you wanted to put your hand up, then tell the friend that brought you. Have a chat with them. Say, hey, listen, I put my, I, I put my faith in Jesus today. I prayed a prayer asking him to come into my heart, but I just didn't feel easy putting my hand up. Do you know what? That's absolutely fine. The fact that you prayed the prayer, the fact that your heart reached out to him is everything. 
chat with your friend. We'd love to see you again in this place. But haven't we had a great day today? It's been absolutely wonderful. Wonderful.